Holy fuck, it's getting cool. I'm loving this production stuff. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to do. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday, Greg Medford. I'm just going to hear, I'm here just to talk some, we're going to talk some shit, okay? Just some general observations. You know what I decided, new, new, uh, new approach. I don't think I'm going to say Democrat and Republican anymore. Maybe, I mean, I don't know if I can get away with not saying it. I think I'm going to say Marxists and the rest of us, because what I want to do is I want to leave the back door open for some of you folks who are good Americans who are slightly left of center or even way left of center, but say, gosh, you know, for 250 years, we've had an argument about a country we loved, how to, how to, project public policy and pay for it and in the last four years it's turned into in the last really in the last 12 years it's turned into a group of people that hate america who are setting the conversation and then everybody else that we don't even know what to argue about because all they do is hate america and they make shit up and then the news repeats it what happens when a bunch of marxists make shit up Twist facts. You talk about conspiracy theorists. Critical race theory is a conspiracy theory of the worst kind. And it's a big, grand lie. There's a bunch of books written about it. And it's rooted in deep Marxism. It's rooted in anti-Americanism. It's rooted in post-reconstruction hatred of white people. Fair enough, man. But just call it like it is. Just say you fucking hate us. It's okay. Happy Friday, you savages. I've got so much stuff to unpack today. Not the least of which is this David Chipman that's being nominated for the ATF. Uh, I'm not even going to dive into it. He can't even get the approval of his own side. Uh, the, the Biden administration, you know, Joe Biden has a long and storied history in politics in America. And... Uh, how does it relate to knives? Would you just talk about knives, Greg? No, I'm not going to talk about knives today. It's Friday. We talk about knives all the time. Everything affects my business. Everything affects my family. Everything affects my life. Everything affects my friends. Everything affects my customers. And a little tiny bit of it's my knives. The rest of it's what's going on in our country. Joe Biden has a long and storied history of being on the wrong side of every issue he's been in public service longer than i've been alive and he's he's everything he's gone out publicly made a stand on he's wrong he's on the wrong side of everything he didn't even want to get bin laden that night hillary clinton had bigger balls than he did i mean hillary clinton has a large set of balls no matter what you think and hillary if you're listening sweetheart thanks for joining us I mean, you get all kinds of points hanging out with Wild Bill, sticking with him all these years, maybe having a menage a trois with Yoko Ono. I mean, <laughs> she's a saucy gal. John Lennon back in college. Hillary Clinton's got a bigger set of balls than Barack Obama. If Barack Obama and Joe Biden had a baby, it would be a girl. <laughs> Hillary Clinton's got a bigger set of balls than the entire current White House. She must be sitting off to the side smoking a cigar, doing a man spread on a, in a, in a uh, limousine somewhere, just chuckling at the absolute feckless 
inane dipshittery of the current White House. Notice I didn't use the D word. So what we have is an institutional Marxist who's been hiding. You know, we've got wolves that have been hiding in sheep's clothes for 50, 60, 70 years. They are Marxists. And now the, it's one of the beauties of watching people fight Donald Trump. If you fight Donald Trump, he is so balls out. You have to go balls out to fight him. And then we know who you are. Kind of fascinating. So let's talk about um, dumb decisions. Okay. We've just heard about this. Um, well, not heard about, it's been winding up for a couple of days now, but we see what's going on with the withdrawal from Afghanistan. It was funny. I heard Joe Biden talking on the radio this morning. And he said, uh, and, I, and I don't have my Joe Biden impersonation down because every time I do it, I want to cry a little bit. So I haven't been able to work on my voice for him yet. So I'm going to work on it a little bit for you guys. See if I can get my, I'm going to work on my uh, President Joe Biden voice. And if you're only listening, not watching, I just said president in quotes. <laughs> so he was talking about Afghanistan, saying that we're sending 3,000 troops to Afghanistan. So we're, we're doing a complete immediate withdrawal from Afghanistan within a couple of weeks, and we're sending 3,000 troops there. Now, they're not on a combat mission, quote-unquote. And, of course, they're allowed to defend themselves. And, and you know, Democrats, I mean, leftists, I mean, liberals are such pussies. They have a tendency to... Uh, they can't just make a damn decision. They have to equivocate and gnash their nails over everything. So you can't just send in 3,000 Marines to evacuate the uh, uh, embassy. You send in 3,000 troops or 5,000 or 2,800 or whatever the hell the number ends up being. You send them in um, to do an organized, peaceful, peaceful and safe withdrawal. You can't just say what it is. Will they be allowed to defend themselves? Well, the rules of engagement are such that it is not a combat mission, but should they be engaged upon? I mean, they basically tell our adversaries exactly what we're going to do. And they've been at this game long enough over there. They've just been over there squatted down in their shitty little country, smoking hash, and uh, waiting for the American public to do what it's done and say, yeah, it's kind of enough. And so now they've gotten their day. They've already retaken three quarters of the country. I guarantee you by uh, the middle of the month, by the end of this month, we're going to see um, the capital. We're going to see the entire takeover of the country by the Taliban. I mean, it's really frustrating. They've sent 3,000 troops over to uh, evacuate the embassy. And Biden says something to the effect, and some of you are too young to maybe remember this. He says... You'll not see people being helicoptered off the embassy. I mean, this guy, he's, he's, uh, you know, my dad's, my, my parents are Vietnam age, okay? And no, nothing wrong with that. But this guy's current is so shaky. He references what's going on to what happened 50 years ago. His reference to today's action is a half century ago. He was talking about the evacuation of Saigon, where we ran out of Vietnam with our fucking tail between our legs. Not because of our soldiers. Not because of our, our uh, order of battle. Not because of our execution of mission. Not for any other reason than what we know now. 
After eight years of the caliphate growing under feckless leadership of Barack Hussein Obama, after it after the caliphate being crushed within 90 days by a by a a, a, a military who had its shackles taken off by uh, former President Trump, it's pretty obvious. Damn shame if it is. It would have been a nice thing to have Trump in charge of the Vietnam War in 19. 19- you know, 1966, maybe. I know a bunch of people are going to jump on there and say how he got deferments. I don't have a big problem with people getting deferment. I don't really care. You get a deferment to go to college, fine. You don't want to go to war, fine. <laughs> There's a lot of ways to serve your country. And as a former Marine, I, honestly, I don't care. I never gave Bill Clinton a hard time for going to the National Guard. You know, non-military people bandy shit around all the time. But, you know, they say, oh, well, he was at least in the National Guard. Well, the National Guard never went and did any wars back in those days. Um, there there was all sorts of ways to hide from going to combat. You could cover your ass. You could go in the Air Force. There was a huge chance you would never even see Vietnam. Go in the go in the surface Navy. You know, go in the the Sea Service Navy. I mean, your chances of going to Vietnam were about zero. Yeah, they were a little bit. You'd be around the area. Anyway, um. We're sending 3,000 troops in so that we can run out of Afghanistan with our tail between our legs. We spent $978 billion in Afghanistan. $978 billion. That's just a kid in here short of a trillion dollars, according to a Brown University economic study. And what is so frustrating about this is what have we gotten? And what do we get? After nearly 20 years of war and nearly a trillion dollars, they're raping young girls today. We are going to be evacuating Americans because it's unsafe to be in our embassy in the country. The very group we went there to battle is there yet again. The guy we went to kill wasn't there. And is this what we get? Now, people say, oh, that happened on a Republican's watch. Yes, yes, it did. George Bush, too. Bad, shame on you. Bad move. Now, maybe they know some information the rest of us didn't know. Maybe they know something we didn't know. But it'd be a good time to put it out there, a little exculpatory evidence at this point, so we could kind of see why you made the decision you made. Because in retrospect, it was dumb as shit. Didn't get us anywhere. Didn't help. And in the meantime... I don't know how many people we've lost. I think I wrote the number down. I don't know. How many people did we lose in Afghanistan? It's 2,000 and something. It's... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google it right now because I don't want to. Deaths. Yeah. Deaths in Afghanistan war. About 241,000 people have been killed in Afghanistan. That's a quarter of a million people. That's Afghan civilians. And uh, I don't know. I, I can't remember how many. Uh, I can't remember what our military deaths are. I thought it was 2,000 and something. And I'm sorry I don't have that written down, you guys. But we've had a bunch of our young men and women die over in Afghanistan. We've killed a quarter million of population in the meantime. And what do we do? We decide to arbitrarily withdraw. And as we pull out, we run out with our tail between our legs. We evacuate the embassy. And what have we gotten other than waste a trillion dollars? PTSD, wounded veterans, great war stories. 
and another shithole regime and a shithole country and a shithole part of the world. That a good that's that's awesome plan. Uh, and you know what? In all fairness to the Biden administration, because I would say I should call it the Biden the Biden Politburo, because it's not Joe Biden. He's a fucking maroon. On his best day, he was not much smarter than my sneakers. And these days, he's not even a pair of shoelaces. They were left with a shitty problem. And uh, Trump was trying to wind it down. He was trying to negotiate some measured uh, uh, withdrawal that was allow would allow some stability. And what we've done is we've just kind of, we're pulling the Band-Aid off and running out of there with the tail between our legs. Frankly, in all fairness to the Biden, there may, in all fairness to the Biden administration, there may be some things not worth saving. There may be some things there is no save. It may be a Kobayashi Maru. It may be an unwinnable thing. On the home front, I see the price of everything going up extremely high. I see the price of gas. I was just reading the price of gas in California is averaging about $4.40 a gallon for uh, basic unleaded gas in California. I think it's three twenty in the rest of the nation. I've seen the gas go up like crazy, and here we are. It reminds me of Jimmy Carter. The American president is begging OPEC, basic Middle Eastern oil cartel. They're begging the oil cartel to produce more oil, and that situation is what got us in much of the Middle East because they're our source of energy and power in so many ways historically over the last 40 years. <coughs> and here we are empowering them by begging them for energy, which is the lifeblood. It's like begging someone for oxygen. They've got you by the balls. You can't live without it. They're begging OPEC for increased production so that our gas prices don't go up because they think we're such fucking simpletons that that's what makes the world go round. It's funny. The left, the Marxists on the left who really have seized power in this country with great lies and with the collusion of the misinformation campaign of the major news networks, who, in my opinion, should be lined up and tried for treason. The treason of truth. ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, all a bunch of lying. Fox News, too. Lying sons of bitches. They ought to be lined up. I, I know how my trial would go. They ought to be lined up and tried for failure to represent facts and for being a propaganda arm of the Marxists of this country with their slick degrees from Columbia University and NYU and UCLA. and Enough already. Just enough. American-hating, self, self-loathing commies. So our president is off begging to get the price of gas down. They're racking up trillions of dollars of debt so they can send you $500, $1,500. Let me ask you a question. If you shut the country down for a year, year and a half, two years, six months, and you put blue-collar or lower-class or lower-income people out of work for six months, eight months, nine months, how much does $1,500 help? They don't know what a fucking carton of eggs costs, and they're, they're throwing this money around like it's doing everyone a favor. 
Here's how you solve the economic problems in America right now. You end unemployment. You give everybody 30 days to find a job. The employment sector won't be as in the desperate situation it is right now where you can't find employees because they'd have to go work. We'd need, we need people to hire. They need to work. And a job does somebody more than a handout once a month. It's not enough. The reason they don't like it is when they get a job, they're independent and they'll start thinking on their own. They want you plugged into the Borg. They want you dumb. If you're poor, they want you dumb and mad at black people. I mean, uh, mad at rich people. If you're black, they want you dumb and mad at white people. If you're poor and black, they want you mad at white people and mad at rich people. Because the more mad you are, the more of a victim you feel, the more you they think they can connive you to be on their side. I'm not proud of our country in 2020. I'm not. I'll tell you who I'm not proud of. I'm not proud of everybody involved in elections. I'm not proud of partisans. I'm not proud of any of our elected officials. I'll tell you who I am proud of. Honestly, as a group, I'm proud of black people who voted more Republican than at any time in history. I'm proud of Hispanics who did the same. What I'm not proud of is how you can perform better in the African-American community, perform better in this Hispanic community, and have such a strong, loyal following in the, I don't know, Anglo community. How can you possibly lose an election to a guy who gets more votes than the most popular president in recent memory who was black? How does that happen? It defies logic because it defies facts because it defies ob it defies observation because it defies facts because it defies reality. Didn't happen. He won. So we're begging for this is a the, the stupid weak pussies on the left. We're going to go beg a group of countries who have disdain for us who are now cracking up. Good job Washington status quo. Fuel prices rising, begging Arabs for cheaper energy. Good job. That's a good energy plan. A year ago, we had energy independence. We're the largest energy producer in the world. We produce energy cleaner than anyone in the world. If you're a greenie, you need to get your head out of your ass. Everywhere there's oil, it will be taken by someone. It doesn't matter if you... Get everybody driving Teslas or Volts or whatever battery car comes along. The energy is all going to be used someplace. And all you do is NIMBY. Not in my backyard. <coughs> all these fuckers driving around in Teslas powered here in Arizona by a nuclear reactor. But if you ask them what they think about nuclear energy, they're against it. They want wind and solar, which is impossible you cannot provide enough wind and solar to make our society function. So you ask them, how many millions of people would you be willing to kill so that we can have wind and solar? They can't answer that question. They think it's a phony question. Except that is, that is the reality. You're trading the vitality of our culture for green energy. That's the trade-off. It's life. Oh, Greg, you're exaggerating. Not really. If you just follow, follow it all back, it all ends up being life. Trust me. You don't have to trust me. Read a couple of books. Leftists.
begging for clean energy, begging for free energy. And here's the thing, begging for cheap energy. Here's the thing. When we don't take it and we follow OSHA and EPA and all of these international treaties on clean energy collection and gathering and spend all this money for safe work environments, when we don't do it and we leave it to the countries that don't abide by those things, the net effect is you're pissing on the world. You're pissing on the world, you hippie, greeny, Birkenstock-wearing, furry-armpitted lesbos, all of you. You're pissing on the world. And I like lesbians. Don't get me wrong. You're pissing on the world if you want to shut the cleanest energy generation in the world down and outsource it to everybody else because they're going to do it. I should have said lesbos. I should apologize for that. I don't have any vitriol towards lesbos. But when I think of furry armpits and Birkenstocks, it's like the next thing that comes to mind. Sorry. Guess there's a new lipstick variety. I don't know about them. <laughs> so a trillion dollars. I know Afghanistan has not collected the oil, but the Middle East is all connected in my head. You know, I was in Kuwait. It seemed pretty clear when we were there for oil. I was in Saudi Arabia and Kuwait. I was not in Iraq or Afghanistan. And the status quo has been uh, reestablished. We have a uh, feckless president in office begging Middle Easterners for cheap energy, which gives them all the power and emboldens them, drives up the price of oil for Russia. Russia gets their pipelines so they can sell energy to Germany. We put our tanks and aircraft in Germany so we can stabilize Europe from being invaded by the Russians. So we spend money on their defense. They get cheap oil from Russia. Russia gets money from the oil. We're forced to buy our oil from the Middle East to drive the price up. Drives the price up, creates more uh, revenue for Russia because they pay a buy up, uh, They pay it based on the commodity exchange price of oil in the world. And in the meantime, we put our own industry out of business. We allow foreigners to take energy out of the ground uh, in a dirty and expensive way, uh, a dirty and cheap way, instead of letting our own domestic producers take it out of the ground. As clean as done anywhere on the planet. And now we're back in bed with the same fools running the ship here that we've always had. Donald Trump did something funny. He drove down the cost of energy. Guess who the number one, uh, the number one and number two receiver of pain is from the decrease in the cost of energy? It's the Arabs and the Russians. Oh, he's in bed with the Russians. If he was in bed with the Russians... He would have done trade, economic, and energy policies that increased the cost of oil so he could save Russia. Russia was on, you know, bordering on financial disaster when you see oil at $32 a barrel and $26 a barrel. And Russia does a whole lot better when oil's at $75 a barrel. So instead of energy independence, with energy being taken out of the earth the cleanest way imaginable, with our energy being less expensive. And you know, I mean, frankly, energy doesn't really affect folks who are making a good living. And I say good living, I mean, there's a certain class of people who don't care what gas costs. And then there's everybody else. So the very people that Democrats say they represent and say they're always looking out for the little guy, the working class, the poor, the working poor, they like to say. The underserved, the underrepresented, we're here to help. Reagan's laughing in his grave right now. 
The very people they say they're here to help are the people they're hurting the most with their policies. Constrain energy. Raise the price. Guys like me, I don't care what gas costs per gallon, quite frankly, unless it goes to $200 a gallon, then I'm fucking making noise. <clears throat> but for folks who are, you know, on the, the bottom half of the economic horizon of America, another $1.50 a gallon crushes them because they got to drive to work. Unless the government pays them more than their job to stay home. And then gives them $1,500 like it's going to help their kids. <laughs> I guess a lot of times the policy that I see going on in America and the things I hear being said by the left and by the mainstream rhino-type Republicans, the thing that I am always confused by is how they curry favor of Europe. There isn't a leader in Europe or a country in Europe I give two shits about their approval. It's not because I'm a hillbilly. I love traveling in Europe. I love going to Germany. I like seeing all the old shit and drinking good beer. That's the extent of Germany, quite frankly. Old shit and good beer. Have some cool music festivals. Well, the music festivals are shut down. I don't know if you can go out and have a beer right now in Germany. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. I know it's harder than hell to leave the United States and go over there. It pisses me off. I just canceled a trip to Paris. I love going to Paris. It's changed a lot over the last 35 years I've been going, but I love going to Paris. I don't give two shits about what they think about me. I think they're wrong-headed on goddamn near everything. I think Germany's wrong-headed on a lot. They're super smart, super educated. Internationally, as a nation, I think they're wrong on almost everything they do. That's what happens, though, when you, you know, kind of throw 12 million people in the ovens and, you know, kind of precipitate two world wars in one century. I mean, I get it. But I don't, I don't care about Merkel's approval. I don't care about uh, the French's approval. I don't care about uh, the, the prime minister's approval of uh, Great Britain. I don't, I don't care about it either. You know, in my opinion, uh, you know, if you go over there and you see the way, they, the way they live, they should be looking at how we live. They should be wanting our approval. <clears throat> and the Democrats seem to want to be loved by the Europeans. The Europeans are actually our competitors. You know, the EU was conceived and kind of started coming together in 1951. It was done to compete with the United States. They say it was to get rid of the trouble of going between the borders and get rid of the trouble of passports and get rid of the exchange rate problems and the inconvenience of being on the continent together. Those problems were all solvable without it turning into the EU. It was their idea to become member states to compete, a bit, to compete against the United States. And guess what they really want out of Brussels? What they really want is the United States, we don't, they, they want the world economy to not rotate on the American dollar because the money controls the world. So why do leftists yearn for the approval of Europeans who yearn for the demise of the dollar? Now, the problem is none of them can step up and replace the dollar because they're not they're too they have too disparate too many disparate interests too many desperate cultures to compete with our dollar what they're going to get in its place 
is the uh, the Chinese currency, yuan. They're going to get that. They get that. And then that's what controls the world. I want you to imagine a world controlled by the Chinese, and it's not too hard because they're almost de facto doing it right now. I feel like I smell the smoke of the burning empire. And last year I thought it was the rise of the rebirth of the great empire. Not even empire, the great nation. And I smell smoke on the horizon now. And the smoke on the horizon I smell smells a whole lot like the dumpster behind a Chinese food restaurant. It smells funky, Asian, and weird. That's what I smell on the horizon, mixed with the burning of America. That's what the yuan brings. It brings dirty, rotten, chai red, commie, sons of bitches opinion to everything. It's the end of freedom. We're having an argument about freedom and free speech. That would be the end of it. The next step is a global currency. They want a global currency. And, you know, maybe a global currency is not a bad idea because the way our senators are spending like drunken fucking pirates, the way our congressmen, our 435 representatives in the White House, the way they're spending money, what they're doing is if you have $100,000 in the bank right now and they double the amount of dollars in circulation, your $100,000 is worth $50,000 of purchasing. They're diminishing your savings. They're diminishing, you know, houses aren't worth half again as much as they were last year. What's happened is the, the dollars diminished half as much. If you print so many dollars, at some point, they're worth less and less. We just haven't realized the inflation yet, but we've been experiencing it with our purchasing power. That's why so many conservatives, when you hear their shows or their podcasts, or you, you see advertisements for gold. Gold has had been a kind of stable currency of the realm for several hundred years. I'm not advocating that. I'm not advertising it. At some point, though, I worry, you know, the fact that the dollar is the kind of coin of the world, um, you know, it's the monetary standard. It, it roots the monetary standard in a functioning democratic republic of hardworking people that back up the currency with GDP and stability of law and order. What they're doing is they've crushed our GDP with COVID restrictions. It's almost like the Chinese wrote this book. How do we crush America? Here's how you crush America. Put a hardworking Protestant work ethic group of people out of work. Crush their independence on oil. Their independence on energy. Crush that. Make them all stay home. Make it so they can't talk. Crush dissenting opinions so the best ideas can't compete in the marketplace, in the uh, town square of ideas, and the best ideas win. Make it so that can't happen anymore. Make it so that happen, And make them print money to have runaway inflation like the Germans did after World War I, which started World War II. And that's what I'm, you know, I've got concerns about that. If you crush our dollar and you run us into inflation, headlong into inflation, and you bribe our government and buy our government, and our government's a bunch of dirty, rotten, for sale sons of bitches. If you buy our government and our government spends us into oblivion and you crush our monetary unit, what comes next? Because it will be either some European or United Nations currency or World Bank currency, and then 
you know, a lot of these organizations are already beholden to China because China's been holding all the cash. That will become a de facto currency of the Chinese Communist Party. Now, a lot of kids don't remember this, but they want us all dead. They still want us all dead. They're dirty, rotten, evil, soulless, Machiavellian, go-playing, strategic sons of bitches. They're thieves at every level, and they do with a smile. Super polite thievery, and they think on 100 years, and we think on a 24-hour news cycle. No wonder they're kicking our teeth in. As the price of everything goes up, it is the lower income class that feels it the most. Squeeze them and they can blame it on Trump and they can blame it on everyone else and you can squeeze more power and you can lie to everybody about who gets elected. It's all connected. Energy independence, OPEC, Russia, Pipeline allowed in Europe, pipeline not allowed in America. All connected. It's a big ecosystem of tomfoolery. Tomfuckery. It's an ecosystem of corruption. If you look one inch past the nose in your face, it's, it's the most corrupt time and place that's ever existed. I know what Thomas Jefferson would say about all this. And here I am, a free-thinking, patriotic American, and I'm slightly apprehensive to say it out loud. But all it would have taken is one orange bad man to snap his fingers and it would have happened, and he didn't do it. And that's why they leave the fences up in Washington. All right, folks, it's Friday. We have developed a really cool product at our company. It's going to launch in January. We've kind of arrived at our final uh, geometry and our final product just today. I've had a really fun and exciting day. I ordered a amazing $300,000 machine from Germany. It showed up. We finally have it all hooked up and working. I have trenching across the back for new power coming into the building. You know, I spent 10000 8 to 10000 a month on electricity. <laughs> we're looking to put solar panels up on the roof. Uh, you know, we're trying to do our part. And uh, we, uh, we made tacos. My mom and I made tacos for everybody in the factory today. And we broke bread with our, our countrymen and our kinsmen. And... Uh, I feel around me all the time this wonderful red, white, and blue positive spirit. And I, I smell this burning Chinese food dumpster on the horizon. And I've got to say something so that afterwards nobody says, why didn't someone say something? Why didn't someone say something? Why didn't someone do something? I will leave you on this quote. I heard a young man giving a speech recently, and they said, hey, what can we do? What can everyday people do? What can we do? And he said, speak your mind, speak it loud, speak, in, uh, speak truth with facts, 
fight the the tide of misinformation that is mainstream. The mainstream is a lie. And it has to hurt. If it doesn't hurt, you're not doing enough. And when he said that, it took my breath away. Being this truthful and this upfront and this direct has been expensive. I've asked the people in my company, you know, hey, do you guys want me to back it off? We could go a little mellower and kind of focus on the dollar. And everyone says, no fucking way, boss. Rip it. No fucking way, boss. Rip it. So, enjoy your Friday with your loved ones. The American family is the core of this great country. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Fight for your voice. Hang up your flag. Tell the local town zoning commission to go suck an egg and force you. Make them force you. I got the the, uh, notice the other day. My boy had been in a pod at school of kids one of whom had tested positive for COVID. It was the you know fifth day of school. They're going to send everybody who's had contact with him home. <clears throat> I got on the phone with the principal. I said, hey, Greg Medford, I'm new to the... <coughs> we're new to the school. I'm like, it's first time in junior high there. I said, we're new to the school. Are you guys contact tracing all the siblings? And they looked at me. I said, okay, okay. I said, no. Uh, you know, is this because the kids aren't vaccinated? Yeah, so, you know, as soon as we can be vaccinated, this won't happen. I said, yeah, Will. The vaccinated kids can carry the virus. That That's the same with all vaccines. You can carry the virus. You just have antibodies so that you don't fall ill from it. We have people with early childhood development degrees and lovely, lovely people who have education degrees that are PhDs in education and educational structure. And most of them, this is a fair statement, most of them have never done big and bold. Most of them took safe little paths, and it's okay. And now we're letting them, with their unbold, safe little perspectives, make the biggest decisions of our kids' future. I talked to the principal, and I got to tell you to her credit, she was a sweetheart. I said, hey, we can't do this. It's a 100% guarantee we're crushing these kids. It's the beginning of the year. It's only just beginning. It'll get nothing but worse. I said, my kid was exposed to COVID two times this year, for real, in the house, confirmed, done deal, as were my septuagenarian mom who was living with us. I'm not worried about my child getting ill. Can they carry it? Every damn kid in the school can carry it. It's whack-a-mole of the worst degree. I said, I'm not keeping my kid out of school. Called the superintendent, tell him this, 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 and this. He said, we've got no fever. We've got no anything. I don't care what the science says. I do care what the science says. If the science said, you know, a huge percentage of people die from this, great. Okay, I get it. We, the world would be a different place. We wouldn't have an argument. If it was clear, there wouldn't be an argument. It's pretty clear, though. To the contrary of the fear mongers. I said, hey, she finally said, Mr. Medford, it's a recommendation. You know, as a parent, you're willing to weigh out the pros and cons and make a healthy decision for your child. And I said, okay. Well, I know for a fact he's been exposed twice. I know he's got antibodies. So it's been within the last year. I'm going to let it rip since uh, he hasn't tested for anything and shows no symptoms anything. I want him in school. You should have seen the look on my boy's face. 
when I told him he might have to be out of school for 10 days. And this is not a kid who's like jumping up and down to go to school in the morning. They just had a year of homeschool bullshit. So I guess to wrap it up and get off the microphone, this young man said, if you're not, if it doesn't hurt, if it doesn't cost you, you're not doing enough. That's one side of the coin. And Greg Medford's advice is push back at every turn. Resist at every turn. Do it vocally. Do it succinctly. Do it logically. Um, Don't get red in the face hot and screaming. It doesn't help unless that's all you got. And then do that. You know, if you can't play, if you can't do a good Socratic argument, then get hot. Because if we don't push back, the administrators in the middle won't push back. They could tell their bosses to fuck off. And they can do it in their own drag-their-foot union kind of way. And all we've got to do is make it more painful on our end than it is on the, the administrator's end up to their boss. Everybody's got to push back. People ask me what I did during the mask thing, and many of you know I didn't wear a mask, and I refused to wear a mask, and the masks are silly, and they're not very effective, and I know there's arguments for and against them, and I don't even want to get into that, and I don't advocate for what other people should do. I just knew that I had COVID very very early on, and I was done with the mask thing, and one of the things I did to push back against my obtrusive government, my intrusive government, was to refuse and make business owners call the police on me. Now, it sounds crazy. It sounds extreme. I definitely know it annoys the people around me. But what it does is, this is very interesting. It's a peaceful form of protest. I want no trouble. I'm causing no trouble. I just want to do a transaction. If they force the police out, the police come out. They're always really polite. And I say, no problem. I follow the police out. And they go, why didn't you do that before? I say, I want a police chief in every town I'm in to have this little tick marks of how many COVID mask calls they get because they keep track of everything. I want to drive the cops crazy so they either stop responding or the police chief, when they meet with the mayor once a week or once a month or once a quarter, says to the mayor, we got to stop this because I'm so busy dealing with mask calls, we we can't take care of real crime. That's my only protest between elections. I got to make business owners feel like they're losing money. I went to a store that was rejecting me over masks several times. I would go in and I would fill up my my, uh, cart with European coffee makers, beautiful dishes, cutlery sets, thousands of dollars worth of stuff. And I would force them. They would all be on the radios. They'd be blocking people off from me and creating this zone of safety around me. They'd call the police. And I would go sit on a display bed up in the front with my cart full of all this expensive stuff and I'd start texting my buddies I just wait for the cops and it would just drive them batshit crazy now it seems like I'm an asshole and I know I am but it, it, it wasn't a waste at some point they say to their manager and their boss hey this is ridiculous I'm feeling like workplace is hostile I don't want to be here and then a manager's got to say well we don't want to lose our employees we got to calm down a little bit on this we have to fight back and I want them when they take me out the front door to see three or four or five thousand dollars worth of stuff in a cart and go god damn that was a big order we just kicked out a dude they don't know I'm not gonna buy it 
I did it a couple times just to be antagonistic because I was getting hot under the collar and like, what do you do? So push back. It should hurt a little bit. You're going to lose some friends. You're going to gain some friends. You're also going to gain some respect. And you're going to walk a half an inch taller or an inch taller. And it feels good to be free. I don't know how you go back. I'm broken now. (laughs) There's so many guys like me who are broken now. Once you have tasted freedom, you can't go back. So when people talk about unwinding the freedom of this nation, we sound like uncaged, you know, we sound like caged animals. Because we're going, oh, no, no, you're not doing that. The best we can do as we argue is cajole people into tasting freedom. Encourage them, invite them to freedom. Take them shooting. Take them motorcycling. Take them flying in your airplane. Go do something free. Be a little gangster. Make good arguments about some bad public policy and then go out there and break the rule. It's okay. It hurts a little bit. It costs a little bit. That's how we push back. You can vote every day with your behavior, not just at the midterms and at the four-year election. Guys, have a bitchin' weekend. Greg Medford, check us out on YouTube uh, at our Medford Knife channel, MKTUSA, and our new brand, American Service Knife, the ASK brand. Um, You can go over, you're going to start seeing my uh, podcast. We're going to kind of migrate over to Greg's world. And, uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll do little previews and hints over here on the Knife channel, and I'll get, stay out of the heavy-duty politics and geopolitical stuff, talk a little bit more maybe specifically about knives, and then we'll do some little brief taste of this to point you over to Greg's world. And then you'll see us pretty soon on iTunes. Uh, you'll see our podcast under the iTunes uh, uh, library. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm out. Who gotta get robbed because the mob got a job for us? They drop us down to the southern section of town where the clowns there be paying for protection. They want us to send up my sister Jimmy Bartender, lend a friend of money next to ripping off his car fenders. He's coming up short because he's short. Coke, dope, nope, and hope he don't get caught. He owes some Benjamin Franklin's every last bit of them, but Jimmy's pockets are empty, so now we gotta get rid of them. But Jimmy's wife is with him and they don't want to involve her. Hopped out the back seat, they gave me a revolver. You distract them while I go and whack them Enter through the back side of the bar and then attack them He's screaming for his wife, reaching for his wife Shot him in the back of the head and tricked him with a knife And that goes for anybody that gotta pay their dues You lose, cause I got the ill street blues You lose, cause I got the ill street blues You lose, cause I got the ill street blues You lose, cause I got the ill street blues You lose, cause I got the ill street Suckers are clobber, because my town is full of cops and robbers Here's an ear, I know you got the loot Or better yet, face down on the ground, empty your pockets too